She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I am very proud of our country. We cannot continue to allow what's happened to our country to continue to happen. We can't let it happen. So I'm proud. I'm proud of our country. And I am a nationalist. It's a word that hasn't been used too much. Some people use it, but I'm very proud. I think it should be brought back. I repeat, the caravan will not cross our southern border illegally under any circumstances. If you seek to come here, go through the normal refugee process. They can tell you with certainty, we are determined that illegal entry into the United States from this caravan will not be possible. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome back to the program. So glad to be with you today. We have had a lot of information that we've covered, and uh, there's been a lot of speculation, and I actually got into a little bit of a... I wouldn't say a disagreement, but we disagreed today on Cam and Company when we were discussing um, the, just this whole issue of these bombs, these pipe bombs that have been sent all over the place. And um, I recounted story of, of when I was a kid, um, eight years old in Germany, and we had just reached our first post. Um, and during that time, there were a lot of terror attacks on military installations, specifically army posts in Germany, where I grew up. And uh, one of the things that we had to do was you, there was this tool that they would get you as soon as you arrived, they would issue it to you because as a active duty service member, when you first arrive, you arrive without your family and you go on base or on post and you're living on post until you can get housing for your family, then your family comes over. And so we had just arrived and my dad had been there not even a month and he was um, he didn't have access to the base for his car. You need a sticker for your car to get on the base. And in order to get that, you have to apply for the sticker. It's like a registration here for your car. But the registration basically just lets them know the make, model, and year of your car, that it's your car. And that sticker lets you get on and off the post because you're an active duty service member. And it also allows your spouse to drive it on and off base, provided they get the, you know, the German driver's license. And so you have service members who would have to park their car off base. Well, because the cars had a different kind of tag, you could tell that they weren't, you know, German citizens. And so terrorists would put a pipe bomb underneath the edge of the car. You get in and slam the door and the bomb would explode and kill you. Or they would take the time overnight to actually, you know, roll underneath your car, attach it to the starter. um, And then you get in and again, you start the car and you explode. And so we lost service members that way, army, army soldiers. And so I remember once running up to the car and grabbing the door handle and trying to open it. The car was locked and my dad scolded me severely for doing that. And he got the tool out. Um, it's a mirror on a long, like think a broom handle. And he would go around the edge of the car and take a look at whether or not there was anything, you know, unusual taped to the underside of the car. And then if there wasn't anything, we would get in. And my mom would always say, okay, hold on. Don't start the car. Say a prayer. She would always pray before we started the car. And if, obviously this didn't go on very long because my dad got uh, stickers and then we were able to park on base or on post. But the point to this entire story is that, you know, this is not an American phenomenon. This was going on in Germany, a lot of neo-Nazis and and people who didn't like the American government having a presence in Germany, and they would blow up soldiers, they would blow up nightclubs. It was just a regular thing that would go on. And so one of the things that um, I remember about that was that these things never happened in America. It was just like not a thing that we do here. Well, now we've got 
these pipe bombs that have been mailed around. And so a lot of people that I love and respect greatly are saying, well, we don't know anything. Let's wait and see what develops. And normally I take that tack. But are you kidding me? We've already got Hillary Clinton out saying, yeah, this is why we won't return to civility. Because look, look at them. She's assuming it's a Republican. But what is the historical context with which to place that blame? How do we know it's a Republican? The same way I know it's a Democrat, because they have a history of doing this kind of stuff. Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and their whole crew, the underweather bombers or whatever they were back in in the 70s, 2,200 bombs over the course of two years they set to show America their political angst. And we're thinking this is a Republican. Now, I'm already on the record as saying if it is a Republican, so I'll say I was wrong. But for me to believe that it's a Republican when the mob right now is comprised of Democrats and Occupy Wall Street flunkies, the mobs that are pushing people out of restaurants are Bernie, old Bernie bros and Democrats, the one who shot up that baseball mound and severely injured, almost killed Majority Whip Scalise. Bernie bro, Democrat. I mean, any person is capable of anything. I am not saying that Republicans are without sin or can't do anything wrong. But when we're looking at mob tactics, you know, defecating in public like Occupy Wall Street was, raping women in tents in broad daylight, Occupy Wall Street, these leftist movements tend to go wrong because, let's face it, these people need supervision. And when they don't have it, you get these news stories. Only you don't get the news stories, do you? I can tell you right now, this is a major news story. It's dominating every site. CNN had to be evacuated. They have live footage of them on the air when they heard the siren go off in the building. This is a story until they find out that it's somebody who's a Democrat who sent those bombs. Then it will no longer be a story. It will be zeroed out, deleted. It will no longer be something that people are concerned with. Bank on it. It was no longer a story when they realized that a Bernie bro was the one who shot up that baseball mound. All of a sudden it was, we have, we pray that, you know, we pray that Scalise will, will improve. And that's it. The story was 86. So, and I know this kind of makes me cynical and it makes me that, you know, people are already saying, well, you're, are you really that? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Pray for me. But yeah, I am. And I just honestly, it's not about me wanting it to be the truth. It's, it's not about me wanting that to be the truth about fellow Americans who are on the left. But if you, if you just took, if, if I were to put out all, not all, I'd say maybe my top 10 hate mails, if I were to put those top 10 out for you to read, you would kind of get a better kind of clue on the, on the perspective that I have, which is, You know, there are bad people of every political persuasion. There are bad people of every ethnic background. No individual group or, you know, there's there's no person group that's without sin or lacks the ability to do horrible things. It's amazing what hunger and poverty and, you know, rank circumstances, drug addiction, abuse can turn fantastic people into, you know, they're, they're... acting out of their circumstances. It doesn't excuse it, but you can see where I'm going here. No person group is without the ability to sin. But what we are seeing now, this routine angry mob accosting elected officials, attacking people in public, this 
attitude that it's okay. There's, there was some guy, I, I'm, I, I mean, Christian radio, I got to keep myself above board here. Some man was on Tucker Carlson last night talking about, well, you know, they do deserve it. The McConnells do deserve to be driven out of a restaurant. Sarah Huckabee Sanders should be forced to leave a restaurant and not be able to eat, um, you know, Cornish hens because she lies to the public on a daily basis. What? And if you demonstrate, if you say to that person, demonstrate to me exactly what lies have been told, they can't tell you. Well, she lies. She works for Donald Trump. I'm sorry. What? And if you turn the tables, they say, well, that's a hypothetical. But it is a legitimate hypothetical to say if Republicans were running Democrats out of public spaces, would that be okay with you? Well, I don't, I don't want to answer that hypothetical. Well, I don't like dealing in hypotheticals either. But you know what I got to say? Is it really what's good for the goose is good for the gander? Is that the country we're going to have? So the Democrats are really losing the public relations war on whether or not their behavior is acceptable to most Americans. And they see the tide turning. The tide turns when you see Mitch McConnell and his wife sitting in a restaurant and some four big, huge, burly men come over and snatch their leftovers and throw them. And then a group of people who are seated who don't, they don't look scary at all. It wasn't a bunch of bodybuilders sitting around who stood up and confronted them. It was a group of regular people that you could bump into right now. If you're in your car, you get out and go into the grocery store, pick six people. And that's what these people look like. Just regular everyday people, women and men. And they, the lady was just started waving her hand. Get out of here. No, boo. You can't, you can't do, I, I have the video on my Facebook page. You can't do that to them. You get out of here. And he turned around and he was surprised. He's like, wait a minute. Are you, what are you? And she said, you can't, I don't care what they're, they're doing. They're not working right now. They're just eating. Let them eat in peace. That is what we're talking about here. That once you see that kind of sentiment begin to be expressed by innocent bystanders, you've lost the public relations war on whether or not you have the right to run people out of the public spaces like Maxine Waters, your old mama from California told you to. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that insulting? If you feel insulted, go into your corner and suck your thumb. This reality is happening to you right now. So let me go to the phones. <laughs> Woo! Let me go to the phones. Damien in California, thank you for calling the show today. Hello. Thanks for calling the show. Oh, looks like we lost him. So I just... I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that these were sent by Democrats, you know, false flagging it and everything. But I am certain that that sounds more reasonable to me than some rogue Republican doing it. (coughs) Excuse me, I, I have a cold that I'm getting over and it's getting a little bit better. So now I want to listen to Nicole Wallace compare Donald Trump to Hitler. It's number one. I watched the History Channel to know that they cheered at Hitler, too. I mean, I mean, nationalism isn't divorced from the capacity to cheer a crowd. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it American. And it doesn't mean that Donald Trump isn't totally ignorant of the history of the word nationalism. Okay. So let me get this straight. Because Hitler was a nationalist. 
and a white supremacist, by the way. Remember, Hitler was a white supremacist. He was a eugenicist. He believed that if a child was born with something wrong with their hand or any kind of birth defect at all, anything, <coughs> excuse me, he was, he believed that that child should be terminated. Let's, I mean, do we have to really revisit who Hitler was for one second for Nicole Wallace over at CNN? He believed that any person who w- couldn't trace their lineage to, uh, you know, Norway, if you couldn't prove that you were absolutely white without any jot or tittle of any other kind of ethnic mixing, in other words, blue eyes, blonde hair, which he, he didn't even have, then he believed that you, you, didn't, you didn't belong. You, you, you certainly couldn't live in Germany. And, and he had the right to exterminate you even if you didn't live in Germany. Like if you could get away, but he could still catch you, he thought, yeah, it'd be good to kill you anyway. This is a hate-filled, demonic man who killed millions of people and made, did experiments on human beings. I mean, he was the most brutal individual. And that's the comparison that Nicole Wallace chooses to make because Donald Trump said he'd rather put his family first. People are saying America first. But perhaps you want to join me, listening audience, in saying family first. I gave you the analogy in hour one. If, if your spouse were to be in that situation that I described in hour one, at what point do you say to your spouse, I'm sorry, but I've, you know, I, tonight at dinner, I, ha- I hate to tell you this, but um, I cut you off. I cut, you don't, you can't borrow any more money. You can't access any of our accounts. Um, I will be giving you a cash stipend once a week that you can spend on, you know, incidentals that you might need. But as far as this household is concerned, I'm spending the money because you're giving our money away and we need the money for us and our kids. We need the money for our household. We have to save for the future. We have to tithe. We have to, we have to get our household in order. And we can't do that if you're giving our money away and borrowing money to give to other people. And if that spouse went all deranged and they've already kicked holes in the wall and they've already thrown chairs at you, if they kept acting like that, what would you do? You dial 911, you'd say, my, my spouse has lost their mind. You try to have them involuntarily committed. This is the same thing we're seeing with President Trump. He's literally having to fight back against an angry mob of people who want to take everything we have and give it away. And for that, they call him Hitler. I can't, I can't, I can't get with it. We'll be back in a minute. What if I told you that you could clean your family's laundry and help reach the next generation at the same time? That opportunity is here through a company called Redeem Clean. Every time you use Redeem Clean products, you help support the ministry of the American Family Association. In addition to your regular AFA giving, Redeem Clean laundry detergent allows you to increase your support of AFA just by continuing to wash your family's clothes. Redeem Clean products work as well as or better than other products on the market. They're environmentally safe, biodegradable, and they're made in the USA. And they were developed exclusively for the support of the American Family Association. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more, find options, and order Redeem Clean products at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. 
This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. A recent research paper concluded that first responders are more likely to die by suicide than in the line of duty. The Rudman White Paper on Mental Health and Suicide of First Responders is a chilling look at the sobering statistics of the lives of men and women who protect us each day. The paper explains that police and firefighters, when compared to the general civilian population, are at a heightened risk for depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicide. We should remember that people in these professions have front-row seats to the horrendous aftermath of natural disasters, terrorist attacks, and violent domestic disputes, traffic accidents, and more. In fact, one study concluded that police officers witness 188 critical incidents during their career. No wonder their rates of PTSD and depression are as much as five times higher than the rates within the general population. Another reason for suicide is the reality that so many first responders have prior military experience. That means they are piling onto their career more incidents after already having a previous career rife with trauma. They may be strong, brave, and resilient, but they are only human. Another concern is the unwillingness for men and women in these professions to seek help. Often they want to avoid the shame and stigma that might come when they ask for counseling. And these same barriers often prevent families from talking openly about the suicide of a loved one. One obvious solution is to break the silence that surrounds this issue of first responder mental health. That is why I wrote this commentary. We need to support our first responders and ask them to get help so that they can continue to keep us safe. I'm Kirby Anderson. And that's my point of view. From GraceWorks Pictures, Indivisible, based on the true story of Army Chaplain Darren Turner and his wife Heather. Rated PG-13, opens October 26th, IndivisibleMovie.com. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the show. Um, I am, I'm, I'm not mad, but I'm definitely skeptical about who it is that's behind this sudden spate of bombs only sent to leftists, uh, sent to CNN, sent to Hillary Clinton, sent to Bill Clinton, the George Soros pipe bomb, all of that being done. And now all the whole news media is no longer talking about the caravan. They're talking about CNN. He just issued a statement, Jeff Zuckerberg or Zucker did, saying, uh, um, you know, we it's safe for us to reenter the building. The NYPD has done a sweep. Isn't this convenient? As the migrant caravan has dominated the news nonstop wall to wall for like three or four days now, all of a sudden there's a bunch of bomb attacks on Democrats. Yeah, I'm not buying it. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I will, I'll admit it. How about that? For anybody who's thinking, you're jumping the gun. Yeah, you know what? Sun's up, gun's up. What are we going to do? Let's go to Caesar. Uh, Caesar, thank you so much for calling the show today. Thanks for being here. Hey, Stacey. Yeah, so um, I wanted to talk about two things. About uh, One being about a lot of the hypotheticals that you hear about in the media and the Dems. And the other thing about well, the Hitler comments that you were making uh, earlier. Um, so the first one being that... The media does like to play a lot of hypotheticals. Like, it's annoying that that's not now journalism. A lot of hypotheticals. What if this? What if that? And we just talk about it and make everyone, um, like, fearful, like the fear-mongering and stuff. Um, and we even saw the, a lot of the hypotheticals from the Dems in the Kavanaugh hearings. 
a lot of hypotheticals were coming from the Dems. And it's like, well, those are hypotheticals. It doesn't matter. It's all hypothetical. Um, The second thing being about the Hitler comment, you know, when I hear these things about um, Trump or Republicans being compared to, like, Hitler and the Nazis, it's like you said earlier, um, they kill a lot of people. My wife, um, her grandmother was actually a Holocaust survivor. And, you know, when you say that, oh, you said like Hitler is up, like, excuse me, you don't even know what it's like to be a, a Holocaust survivor and compare right. people to, you know, compare the, that situation to Trump. That's just ridiculous. It um, is. It's so insulting to them and their memory. Right. They, they went through yeah. an incalculable. I mean, it's just we can't understand it. There's we can read books about it. We can watch movies. We can try to grasp what it was like. But I sometimes I just think about and, and another book to read that's really great that it take it'll take you a while to get through it. But it's called Bonhoeffer and it's about that era. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing book. But without the people like your your wife's mom or grandmother, you said her her grandmother mm-hmm. without her them. Yeah. Without them to share. You know what I mean, Caesar? It, when we no longer have them to share, you wonder what will schools teach? What will what will become the new truth about that? And it won't be the truth. It'll be, you know, indoctrination about what happened then, because we won't have the actual witnesses to what happened to verify and to say, look, that this is nothing like that. It's such an insult to them. Thank you so much for calling in and for sharing that, especially your personal family history there. Thank you. Um, Let's go to Kevin and Minnesota. Hey, thanks for calling the show today. Hi, ma'am. How are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. And uh, thank you. God bless you. And, uh, Totally off topic, but uh, I just registered or received my absentee ballot in the state of Minnesota, mm. and because I'm going to be out of town. But uh, my uh, question would be, and or my point of discussion would be, uh, let me bring it up, is on the signature envelope, uh, it says, I do not have the Minnesota-issued driver's license, ID card, or Social Security card. Um, I did a, a very simple Google search. And even Wikipedia, in 2002, there was a federal law passed with some, of course, uh, roundabouts that you need to have an ID uh, to vote. And, of course, in good old state of Minnesota, I get it. I live here, and I'm sure that there's probably fraud going on. But, again, to keep it fair on both sides, you'd think that um, some kind of an ID, as opposed to just having a witness, would be needed to keep our votes fair, and I'm just wondering, you know, when is the day coming when another country is going to come in and tell us how to vote? Mm. Well, just think about it, um, Kevin. How how much do we need to hypotheticalize? You know, how, how far do we need to imagine to see that if we allow seven to 10,000 people to storm our border and enter our country, that there's a whole lot of stuff that we are doing right now that other countries don't like, that they're going to come in and they're going to try to put a stop to it. An utter loss of our sovereignty. I can't believe anyone, even Democrats who hate Trump, I can't believe they think this is okay, but they do. And I just, it's not right. It's not right for us to even have this conversation. The fact that this is a story, that it's going on for days, just ridiculous. Thank you so much for calling the show and uh, about the voting. Um, Michael in Ohio, thank you so much for calling into the show today. Hey, Michael, thanks for calling the show. (laughs) Yes, uh, just calling to uh, say how we need to uh, talk about the wall in a different in a different way. Uh, oh. 
everybody keeps talking about, build the wall. And we already have portions of the wall built mm-hmm. um, ever since during the election. I thought uh, if we framed it and um, Trump would have said, I need money to complete the wall, people would look at it in a different way. Brilliant. I, I totally agree. You know, th- but again, I'm sure they'd find something wrong with it. But I, I, I kind of felt like when he said build the wall, I, I assumed that it was because we only had fencing. But we actually do have some wall. So you're right. The, it, it should say complete the wall or even what I like is um, shore up the border. So in, in other words, because it's not going to be wall on a hun- all, the entire couple thousand miles. It would be a variation in different areas depending on what it's like. Um, but I just think we have to do something. And the fact that we haven't been able to get it done is part marketing, but it's also part that Republicans, not all Republicans want the border sealed. And uh, that's pretty obvious by their behavior. Thank you so much, Michael, for calling the show. Um, So we've got uh, just in stories, it's been, it's been pretty rough news wise. And I, I guess my, my big deal that I've been so upset about that has really been what irks me the most is that we have so many tools at our disposal with which to convince Mexico to stop this, this drama that's going on. And because we don't um, use the tools at our disposal, then we end up with, with what you see now, which is we look pretty, you know, pretty, pretty impotent. We look as if we can't do anything and it's pretty clear that we can and so you had Geraldo Rivera on Fox News saying, well, what are you going to do, shoot them? Well, I don't know that I would advocate shooting anybody at the border. Like, why do we have to shoot them? Why would we not just send tanks down there? We have so many different things. We don't just have tanks. We have those armored personnel vehicles. Uh, we have Humvees. Um, we have those duck boats that are sea and land vehicles. I'm just naming off stuff off the top of my head. We have we have so many different types of military hardware. Are you telling me we couldn't get a couple of C-130s, maybe 10 C-130s? We have a couple hundred of them. Maybe 10 C-130s loaded up with um, armored vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. You pick your color. Do you want green? Do you want desert khaki tan? Do you, I mean, do you want camo? Do you want solid color? We have them all. Um, load those up onto some C-130s, get the personnel together. Of course, you're going to take arms down there with you. Yes, the people will present themselves unarmed at first, but they're going to have arms available to them. It's the military. Come on. Um, so you're going to get those C-130s loaded up. You're going to get those down there. You're going to have a few more C-130s loaded with personnel. Um, you're going to use the Air National Guard and the Army National Guard, et cetera, et cetera. But you're also maybe going to use um, some people who are really good at crowd control. So, and, and when I say crowd control, some of the training that our special operators and our combat ready soldiers, airmen, Marines, et cetera, some of the training that they do is crowd control. And this is some of the stuff that you see conspiracy theorists talk about online, how we do training and we'll see training in a city where our military will behave as if The city has experienced an incursion. Sometimes the training scenario is that a city is experiencing unrest because of some natural disaster, some political entity, whatever. This scenario is set up and you'll see military helicopters in the city. You'll see 
military personnel, you know, rappelling down buildings. You'll see them, you know, controlling crowds of unruly protesters. The reason they do that is because they have to know how to control crowds. Does it mean that they're planning on crushing Americans? No, but they need to know how to do that. So because we know they have that training, why would we not get those individuals who are trained in crowd control, normal crowd control, and hostile crowd control? Why would we not get them, load them up on some big aircrafts, get, you know, get, them, get them down to the border and get them staging and setting up um, to, you know, to make it um, clear that there won't be anybody crossing over the border? Why would we not do that? Now, maybe that's what we're going to do. Um, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm sitting over here. I've been out of the military for, let's just say, a good long while now. And I remember uh, the, the status briefings we used to get about military readiness. I was a part of putting together reports on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis on aircraft readiness. That was my job. And I remember sitting in briefings when um, there would be something going on and they would be talking about deploying some of the airmen on base. And sometimes they'd get us all together and we'd have a briefing and they would talk about what was going on on the ground. And the reason they would give us a briefing as a group is because sometimes it would be that the commander would want to, he would want to give us a shot in the arm for morale. And so normally we would get updates like that in a memo. You know, this is before we had email, we we had online communications, but most of what we would get would be an, a memo in an attachment or you'd get a paper memo. You'd actually get it in your inbox and you'd pull it out and you'd see, oh, my goodness, we now are going to deploy this many airmen to the, you know, this or we're going to have a rotation in um, Kobar Towers in Saudi Arabia. And you get that notification, then you know, I'm getting this notification because I'm in this group. I'm going to be one of the people to go on one of the rotations. But I remember them briefing us person to person where we'd be sitting in a huge auditorium and they'd come in and they'd brief us. And sometimes it would be because we lost troops and they would want us to know before they announced it publicly. Sometimes they would brief us because we were going to have some training that was completely different from what we would normally be experiencing. And they would say, look, you know, bring it in. We need to talk about this. And then, and during certain points of that briefing, there would be these morale boosters to let us know that, you know, this is the best trained fighting force and you are the tip of the spear and you are doing these things for the U.S. military, supporting, defending the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm saying all of that to say that this, this, so this is back when I was on active duty. So we know that the, the, the military hasn't changed that much. And I can tell you our troops, it doesn't matter what their political leanings are any threat against the United States, any threat at all. And I know there are people out there who don't feel like this group of individuals is a threat, but I do have something about that uh, before I get a, let time get away from me. I want to last couple of minutes here. I'm going to give you this information. Um, this is an op-ed over at the Washington Examiner where Representative Andy Biggs says, look at the caravan's actions and you'll see their wicked intent. Now, I, I already had people tell me, well, we're supposed to care for refugees. You might not want to care for illegal immigrants, but you got to care for refugees. Well, what kind of refugees pass up a refugee processing center so that they can march on America? Look at their behavior. He says, people fleeing violence rarely stop to grab a flag from their home country to display proudly as they slowly march to safety. The terrified typically plead for help rather than threaten those from whom they seek help. Those who have been victimized rarely attack potential benefactors. Supporters of people in distress wouldn't typically paint a swastika on the flag of the nation they're beseeching before burning that flag. 
See, this is the kind of stuff you're not going to hear on CNN. You're not going to see pictures of them burning a flag with a swastika on it on mainstream media because that goes against the narrative that these are poor people with the babies and don't even have diapers on and they're so poor, you know. But what about those $1,000 strollers, though? What about that $389 stroller that was left behind, turned over on the side in the dust as they got on the bus to ride to the next stop? Yeah, they're riding on buses and trucks from place to place. It's not a, a walking journey alone. So we've seen all of these behaviors and more. Hostile members of the caravan proudly waving Honduran flags. They have threatened everyone who would attempt to enforce immigration laws. And and I can tell you, if we put troops on the border of America and Mexico and they approach that border and those troops aren't armed, they'll beat our troops up the same way they beat up those Mexican police officers. The pictures of the way they beat those men up it's it's gory. It's not safe for work. These men's faces were literally beaten to a pulp. They were bleeding on all over their black uniforms. And so, you know, this is anarchy. This is lawlessness. These people were actually given a call to caravan. They were organized, told to come and join the caravan. They were paid and now they're marching to America. So this mob of illegal aliens must be stopped, even if it means temporarily closing the border. And I do believe that I, I, I'm telling you. And, you know, sometimes you, you think, oh, that'd be a good idea. Other times you're pretty sure. I am certain as a child of a military policeman who still carries the gun and badge. He's not in the military anymore, but he's still in the he's still in the police arena as an American, as a mom, as a wife, as a Christian, as a fourth generation military veteran married to a veteran, as a gun owner, as someone who believes in law and order. This is our moment to let other countries know that we're done with illegal immigration. And if Donald Trump can't do it, it's a game changer for us and not a good one. We'll be back with more last segment of the show right after this. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia once said of Christians, God assumed from the beginning that the wise of the world would view Christians as fools, and he has not been disappointed. If I have brought any message today, it is this. Have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ and have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world, end quote. Are we truly willing to suffer the ire of our coworkers and so-called friends for taking unpopular Christian positions? In most cases, no, since polling by Barna Group shows that only 4% of Christians hold a biblical worldview. Christians, it's time to choose. Scripture says we can only serve one master. If we are to truly impact our nation for Christ, we must repent of our sins and turn away from them for good. The eyes of the Lord continually roam the earth searching for a righteous man that he might show himself strong in. 
I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. I'm not so certain we have as much time as many of us think. It's high time for the body of Christ to return with a fire lit up under us to proclaim the truth of God's word, to proclaim the truth of sin and repentance and not coming from a high lofty position, but telling the truth as such were some of us. We have to do that. We have to. But what happens is, and I, I call this first world problems, uh, we have this epidemic of churchianity in America to where we are far more accepting and far more willing to embrace the trappings of church life, even if they're void of the presence and power and fire of Christ. And I would say to you, just as the Bible says, that we can have a form of godliness while simultaneously at the exact same time deny the very power of the gospel. Of the gospel. Of the gospel. Tune in to the Hamilton Quarter, weekday afternoons at 5 Central on Urban Family Talk. Fox on Faith with Lauren Green. State officials say that if we've expressed stories consistent with our beliefs about marriage, they'll force us to tell stories about marriage that violate those beliefs. That's filmmaker Carl Larson speaking outside the 8th District Courthouse in Minnesota. He and his wife Angel are waging a preemptive legal fight against the state to have the right not to film same-sex weddings. It's a challenge to the state's new law. It is also potentially another case headed for the U.S. Supreme Court, proof that the conflict over the issue did not end with the high court's favorable ruling for Denver cake baker Jack Phillips, Christian author Dr. Alex McFarland. The only way that a person should be coerced into going against their own convictions is if there is no such thing as moral truth. But Dr. Serene Jones, president of Union Theological Seminary, disagrees about the Larson's case. They are in the space of the public doing the work of business and in that context have to abide by the rules and regulations of the state. For Fox on Faith, Lauren Green, Fox News. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. We are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. Uh, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. So you're probably wondering why Barack Obama is saying that kind of stuff. Well, this is the kind of stuff he said when he wanted to be elected. This is the kind of stuff he said when he was a senator from the great state of Illinois. This is the kind of stuff he said back when he still had a little bit of common sense left up in him. And, and, and you know what? Don't at me, bro. Don't at me with your rage because I'm criticizing your Lord and Savior, Barack Obama. Yeah, I said it. You're worshiping him. He can do no wrong in your sight. You've replaced our father in heaven with Barack Obama. And that's your problem, not mine. I will criticize him if I feel necessary. And I feel it's necessary now because he has totally evolved on whether or not people should be allowed to mount an assault on the institutions of this country that are taxpayer funded by entering the country illegally and robbing us. Yeah, I said that too. You guys um, really, really have no idea how ridiculous it is to go through and you just go through on YouTube and type in Diane Feinstein on immigration and all of her comments from 1992, 1996, 1998 until she evolved on it. 
Same thing with most of these people. Nancy Pelosi. In fact, some of the strongest defenders of American citizens used to be the Democrats because they were closely aligned with labor. And unions didn't like how illegal aliens would come in and depress wages because illegal aliens would come in and they'd say, hey, you know what? We'll work for this price. And so union shops that had jobs lined up and they'd be doing all the electrical on these projects, new home developments, tracked home developments, they would suddenly get notification. We're not going to use you. We're going to use somebody else. And then what they would do is they would check who are they using? What, uh, what other union shop outbid us on this? Well, they're using crews of illegal immigrants. And so those union shops got angry and they were like, Democrats, you need to shut down this illegal immigration. And the Democrats were so strong on it because their constituents demanded it. But not so anymore. Again, you know, that's not um, super important because their new constituency is someone else. Um, so now I want to go to Allen in Mississippi. Thank you so much for calling today, Alan. Hi, how's it going? I really enjoy your show. You know, I listen to you all the time. Thank I just you. had a quick comment. You know, I'm sort of like a, a truck driver and driving. Uh, you know, um, the footage and uh, things that you had on Obama saying things about illegal um, immigrants and stuff like that, it seems as though uh, the Republicans should run that now, you know, uh, showing how he was opposed to various things, you know, when it came to immigration and stuff, you know. And it seems as though that would be a game winner right there if he did that. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> you kind of wonder why they don't string all those together. Um, Diane Feinstein, Barbara Boxer, all these people. Just string the audio together, the video together, and show over the years how they used to believe in immigration and now they don't. At legal immigration and against the... Um, the illegal immigration. Fantastic comment, Alan. Thank you. Thank you for uh, calling in with that. You know, I still don't understand it. Um, I don't understand why American citizens just don't matter anymore. Um, and so, guys, I was just coughing and I had to turn my head away, but I think you guys still got the full brunt of that. I'm so sorry. Um, I, the good news is, praise God, I am feeling so much better. And I have, I, like, that's my first time having a coughing fit today but I did still have the coughing fit on the air and so um Devin said he ordered me a cough button you guys realize because you if you notice I've changed my little decor in the back see I have those little velvet pumpkins underneath my thankful sign and I also have those three tiny little plants right there so this little area here changes I switched that up but now we're in fall you know pumpkin spice latte time and we're in the fall theme for the two little shelves and so you'll see little things over there having to do with the holidays not Halloween but all the other holidays and so I'm telling you when I get a cough button and get it hooked up in here that's when this studio is gonna be the realest studio you've ever seen or heard from in the history of studios that are in people's houses yeah a cough button means you've made it no, it's not the Comrex. It's, it's not the RE20 microphone. It's not the little microphone jacket right here. See this little thing here? You have to order these special. It's not that. No, it's not the red screen on the microphone. No, no, no. No, it's not the professional signage, Stacy on the right, AFR Talk, American Family Radio, Urban Family Talk. It's not that. It's a cough button. When I get it, we might have a little celebration. I, I'm telling you, I could even, 
I could even hook up the second mic and possibly have an in-studio guest because I'd have a cough button. Mind you, the cough button's only appropriate if you have to cough, if you have a cold or something, but I'm still going to have one. Thanks, Devin. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so anyway, um, we have another bit of audio. And this, to me, is probably the most important clip of the day. And it is uh, Pompeo. And he says to the migrant caravan, you will not be successful in on getting into the U.S. illegally. It's number six. The migrant car caravan is violating Mexico's sovereignty, laws, and immigration procedures. President Trump will not stand for this to happen to the United States. To those who say this is a hard-hearted stance, let's not forget that the United States is a historically generous nation when it comes to immigration. Over one million people per year are granted permanent legal status here in the United States. Over 33 million people to total are currently here who have immigrated to this country legally. To those who want to come here, come here legally. Legal immigration is the surest way to obtain the better life you're looking for here in the United States of America. From a security standpoint, there is no proper accounting of who these individuals in the caravan are. And this poses an unacceptable security risk to the United States. Moreover, many of these people are ripe targets for human traffickers and others who would exploit them. We don't want that to happen. I've spoken twice in the last two days to my counterpart, uh, Foreign Secretary Vita Gray. We trust that Mexico's leaders know what the best steps are to resolve this situation, and we urge timely action on their part. The United States also has a message for those who are currently part of this caravan or any caravan which follows. You will not be successful at getting into the United States illegally, no matter what. I like it. I mean, he's so laid back. <laughs> Could you, it would have been better if he'd have been like, you're not getting in here. No way, no how. You ain't getting in here. I could think of a number of different ways he could have said it where it would have been a little more exciting. And I know it's a serious issue. And I know it doesn't have to be exciting for it to be true and for him to have done it well. And I think he did a good job. And he needed to say it. He needed to be on the record. And so overall, he gets kudos all the way around. I'm glad he said it. But I wish he could, had kind of turned to the camera and put his finger up and been like, and you're not getting in here. No way, no how. But then, you know, maybe the liberals would have made fun of him. I guess it's right that he was very, you know, um, even keeled about it. Okay, fine, you know. But I just, I think, I think it's really, it's sad that this is where we are. Um, and, and it really kind of goes to the idea that there's not a lot of respect from these countries that we pour all of this money into. We pour a lot of money into them and they, in exchange for that money, what we get back is they're like, and thank you for the money. And then just you take, um, here's some more of our people. And then here in our country, we have the media that routinely attacks our president, mocks him for um, telling the truth about what's going on and tries to paint him as a racist for saying things that are true, that so it's not the best people who come from these countries. People who are doing well don't want to dive bomb out of the countries that they live in. Now, there are people who come here who are skilled. And there are plenty of people who come here who are legal and some of the illegals who come here and they, do, they just excel. Because 
they've not had an environment in which they could be an entrepreneur and control their own destiny. And when placed in the fertile ground of America, they're just like, I'm going to get it. And so this, this isn't about them not being good people, but it, it's just so wrong on so many different levels. And the analogy that I gave uh, in hour one about, you know, a family member who just basically robs their own family to give to strangers. And it doesn't matter if they're like people that you know or they're, they're your neighbors. They're still strangers in comparison to your relationship to your family. Um, that, that also is a biblical issue that taking care of other people before you take care of your family is actually considered to be unbiblical. Um, it, in the Bible, it says worse than an infidel. Um, and it's 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. And I'm going to go over this because I kind of feel a bit of a burden for people who are really, they, they, they're pretty conservative or they might be moderate or whatever they are, who cares about their politics. And they're feeling a real burden because they see these people coming and in their heart, they think at least some of them really are potential refugees. And at least some of them really would benefit from coming to America and they find the circumstances unfortunate, but they feel that they're biblically, man- biblically mandated to care for these people because they're in, in dire straits. Here's what the Bible says about that. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5, verse 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith, denied the faith, pardon me, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's the New International Version. Let me get down to the King James. The King James says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now, the treasury of scripture, which kind of connects all of the verses up together so we can truly understand the scripture by seeing the other verses that apply, says, but if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And especially Genesis 30, 30 says, for it was little which you had before I came and is now increased to a multitude. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. Isaiah 58, seven, it is not to deal your bread to the hungry and that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house. Matthew 7, 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to you? And if a son, Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, you see where it's going here. So Galatians 6.10 says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We are to prioritize our charitable giving. And as a nation, it is absolutely ridiculous to say, well, you know, I wouldn't do this in my own household, but we're talking about America. And so America is mighty and rich and has more jobs than we can fill. So therefore, we have to take anybody who wants to come to this country. It's not up to us to judge or it's somehow xenophobic or racial to do that. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. The idea that it is more important to brown America up than to preserve our American heritage points to a it, it's, it's someone who hates themselves. So one of the regular accusations against me as a black woman who happens to be conservative or a conservative who happens to be black because my my ethnic background is not my primary identity point. 
newsflash there, you know, send in the send in the triggered snowflakes. The fact is, people say to me a lot, well, the reason why you rail against Barack Obama is because you hate yourself. Secretly, you want to be a white person. And I can tell you, I love scarves. I love European literature. I've read everything Agatha Christie has ever written. And I do enjoy speaking the Queen's English, American English, properly with good diction. But I don't want to be anything other than what God made me. My political leanings do not indicate that I have some kind of secret hatred for myself or other black people. Rather, the entirety of this viewpoint is rooted in the fact that some things are right and some things are wrong. And to acknowledge that in and of itself is almost an act of war or defiance on the current culture, yet I still choose to do so because truth is more important than what other people feel. And so I'm drawing this scripture to our mind to point to this decision has to be made devoid of emotionality. Do we have a process by which a person who is a refugee can seek to enter this country? Yes, we do. Do we have refugee centers in and near these populations? Yes, we do. Does this horde behave like a horde of refugees or a horde of invaders? Invaders. It is up to us to behave as the adults in the room and to support the president and Pompeo in their efforts to stop this invasion. It is not unchristian to do so. It does not defy the word of God. Please seek solace in the scriptures and don't allow your emotions to be involved in this discussion. We already help refugees. We have processes for that, and we will always do that. This is not that case. All right, God bless you from the heartland. See you tomorrow, citizens.